3: do you have a martini yes you do okay do i leave my shaker
2: at your house because i had i had to make this in zach's protein (laughs) Oh. <laughs> milkshake
3: container my god disgusting and you it lost like a weird time?
2: consistency and I was like oh my god what was left in here
3: um what you can do though is if you don't have a shaker is just do it in a pot a pot yeah so I went Martini um, pot. went to a friend's house way back when way back when we were allowed and it was like a she she put it in a pot with ice and stirred it round and then literally used a proper strainer you know like yeah. a that you put rice in she used that to strain it into the glasses there's always
2: options ingenious so i've just been the reason i left you hanging on s- zoom for a little i want to say skype the reason i left you hanging on zoom for a bit longer than i intended because i was reading this review of harry and megan's podcast which sounds really chaotic
3: it's actually
2: the guardian gave it three stars i was like is this the first time you've ever given podcast a star rating because i've never seen that done before
3: i've never seen that either but um i was prepared to hate it obviously love harry and meg they are just a little bit air. and the trailer for this podcast was just so incredibly cringe i feel like we need to play the bit where they start singing the christmas music when i read who was going to be in this 33 minute long episode i was like i don't know how you guys are going to fit this in 33 minutes long they had brene brown elton john james corden Stacey abrams naomi osaka this is off the top of my head matt haig michelle obama
2: (laughs) according to what i just read i'm like guys spread it out deepak chopra Mm. which
3: i just find hilarious it's Mm. like spread it out james corden is so random did i say elton john him as well, yeah, uh, yeah. And but then when I listened to it, when I was fake tanning the other night in the bathroom, I always put on a good pod when I fake tan. Otherwise, I get so fucking bored that I want to top myself. Mm. So I put that on, and it was actually a lot better than I expected. <laughs> but but lazy work from Harry and Meg. Like basically, what they did was um, got their guests, got these people to send in like voice notes to include in the episode so they didn't even talk to them
2: yeah okay so this is what i just read i really like this guardian review that you sent me of it which is really funny because they said where is i haven't even read it but oh uh, yeah. <laughs> you recommended <laughs> it sounds so bad so at the end megan goes no matter what life throws at you guys trust us when we say love wins love always wins agrees harry <laughs> I and know. then it goes. Harry refers to Brene Brown as "quote awesome."
3: Yeah. So basically, they got their guests to talk about 2020, um, and then if the guests, <laughs> if the guests just said like, "Hi, I'm Matt Haig. I'm a writer," then Megan would chime in. So she'd like cut in the middle of the audio and be like, "I'm just gonna um, jump in here because Matt is being very humble." Oh my god,
2: this is Megan's like dream. Is this pod? That's why what's happened is she's got overexcited. <laughs> And she's played all of her cards in the first episode. They should have copied the Iowa format. Yeah, just had a week with Michelle Obama, a week with Deepak Chopra, a week with Elton John. But like now, if they do that, it's not exciting because you know their whole roster of people. So you're not going to be like, who's next week? You're going to be like, oh, Elton John. Okay, we knew about
3: him already. It's a random um, concoction of guests. James Corden. I can't get my head around. <laughs> it's it's very it's very
2: goopy. Megan is – I just – I don't know why – I don't know how to explain this, but do you, like, sometimes you think celebrities are different to what they are? I'm not explaining that properly. But I, I like, figured that all the stuff Megan's gone through this year or the last few years would make her, like, less tiggy. (laughs) But it's just her character. It's just who she is. And she just, like, wants to be Gwyneth Paltrow. It's ingrained in her, yeah. what she's doing. Yeah. You can't – like, you just can't – they, they.
3: You can't say the public didn't try. <laughs> the funniest, yeah. The public literally rebranded her as this stylish. Um, and I mean, she she is very clever, and she has always been super vocal about women's rights. Like she's she's great, but it's so funny how we rebranded her in our own brains as being this, yes, incredible, groundbreaking, like thing which i guess in terms of fucking when you put over it, beside like kate middleton she is like
2: culturally she is but personally she's just like a complete cookie cutter run of the mill hollywood elite person yeah you know it's just like that's interesting in the context of the royal family but she's just uh, and she's like just br- like dragging harry along for this like ride like Spotify <laughs> I <know>. ride <laughs> i feel like bad for him but like i don't i'm just like this is just would he have ever guessed five years ago that he would have like a Spotify podcast.
3: Um actually a friend of a friend, New London friends, is going out with um Harry's ex Chrissida? Chrissita.
2: Wait, didn't she just get
3: engaged? Yeah, then just got in Fuck, is it her or Chelsea? Um, one uh, of them. One of them. Yeah. I think it's I think it's the one that just got engaged. Yeah. There's some
2: really embarrassing pictures of Cressida doing like um she wants to be an actress of her doing improv in her class. I don't know how they got the pictures and it's like her on her hands and knees like a dog because like the role play was like pretend to be a dog and she just <laughs> dropped and did it and like the Daily Mail obtained the pictures and they're really funny. She's like not a good actress. Actually, I lie. She was in that show this year that was really good. What show? Can't remember. I about murders. It was a murder show. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be the only thing on an IMDb so you'll find it quite easily
3: um okay I have a few recommendations for you this week one that I know you do not need to be recommended but I have watched all of season one of The Sopranos
2: oh exciting I'd never seen it before it's the best show really is took up like the whole of the year I was 19 (laughs) watching that every single season
3: yeah, there's lots and lots of episodes. It's it's like a slog, but it's it's really good. I think at the start it's very confusing, so I ended up watching episodes one to three and then reading all of the synopsis <laughs> for each episode.
2: A lot goes on. James Gandolfini's is so like hot, like anti
3: hot, hot. Is that Tony Soprano? Yeah. Yeah. A hot Italian naughty dad. Yeah, and there's some really good outfits. Um the Adriana, the um, girlfriend of Chris. I love her.
2: All of them are so stylish.
3: I love that, like, 90s slash
2: noughties Italian look.
3: And then there's this really um, really kind of before-its-time episode where um, his teenage daughter and her soccer team, the teacher, slept with one of the students, and they handled that in, like, a really good way.
2: I've been reading a book recently it's called difficult men and it's about like anti-heroes in tv um and it talks about how james gandolfini when he played tony soprano he like became tony soprano <laughs> it's actually quite sad because it like ruined his life and he would just go missing for like days and he was like a this really nice mild-mannered man who became like really aggressive and he couldn't get out of character and he became like an alcoholic and he died when did he die died like five or ten five or six years ago but they're like he never recovered from playing Tony Soprano. Like this just demon of Tony Soprano got in him and just never left.
3: No. I know. He joined the mafia, the Italian mafia in his brain. Um wild. Yeah, and then I also watched an amazing documentary that you would love called Time. Um it's been on a bunch of people's like best of 2020 lists and it's about this young couple, young black couple in the states who in the 90s. Yeah robbed a bank because they were really desperate for money and um her she got she was just the driver and she got put away for five years and he went in armed with a friend or cousin or something and got 60 years in prison oh my god i was gonna say don't rob a bank in america like you'll get longer than if you fucking kill six murder people. someone yeah if you bombed the bank yeah and it's really amazing because the entire film is this woman fox rich her footage of her trying to get her husband out for, like, 20 years. Oh, my God. Um, so it shows their kids growing up. So they had, um, I think, three boys before he went in. And she went into jail for five years, and then she got out of jail. And then she – it documents, like – it's really cute. I'm like, why don't I ever take videos ever? If I died, there'd be just nothing. There'd just be these shitty Skype videos of us. I know. I
2: did it on New Year's Eve. I took – um video of portobello road being empty because i was like this is
3: no but videos of 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 you yeah yeah but i was thinking
2: that as i did it being like why there's no video footage of anyone i know or me or me and zach or like anything anywhere anywhere It's so crazy and we have like a device in our pockets 24 7 that can do that
3: yeah it's it's really strange and my mom never took video footage of me when i was a kid there's videos of you when you were a kid but like probably not that many right um but she yeah, back in the 90s, was filming them before he went in, and then she filmed the entire time, and she became this um, prison reform, like, speaker. Um, she's really, really, really incredible, super smart. Um, campaigned for 20 years to get her husband out of jail. It's a very good documentary. I was sobbing. Wow. I would definitely watch that. I was, like, hysterically sobbing, you know, when you, like, can't breathe properly. You're like... (laughs) I did that in Les Mis. Oh, my God. (laughs) So embarrassing. Oh, also, last week, was it last week, we did a call-out for lingerie labels that aren't involved with QAnon and Age of Light Um, (laughs) because (laughs) lonely lingerie is, and they make very chic bras, and we got a whole lot of... um, DMs about it, so I've been posting them on our Instagram, but I'm just gonna put them in the show notes as well and quickly run them off here so there's one called Fruity 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 Booty Underwear, which is a London brand really, really cute Pansy, Ethical, really cute lots of our friends follow it on Instagram um Bija, B-E-I-J-A it's a London based brand, there's one called Saturday The Label, which is really cute um Le Petite Tro is, looks like lonely. Um, Botanica Workshop is another organic and sustainable one, and Vidris lingerie, Vidris lingerie, which is comfy, ethical, and pretty. And it's a New Zealander who moved home after being the lead designer for Fendi and a bunch of other big brands. So we'll chuck them in the show notes because there's lots of cute lingerie labels. It appears,
2: yes, and support these nice little small businesses.
3: And there's also one called Rosenbeer, and Beer, which I have a couple of pieces from. It's basics and um, nude. So it's got all different color, all different skin tones. Um, and it's from Australia as well. Super comfy and super cute for kind of wearing underneath dresses and stuff. Cute. And also Skims. I'm just kidding. <laughs> skims is apparently
2: really good skims looks amazing i had like eight eight of their things in my basket the other day and then i was like don't give kim kardashian any more money she's basically jeff bezos what are you doing i'm like i just want to support a woman running her own business (laughs) no (laughs) and all the stuff looks perfect on like a kardashian body and would look insane on me
3: i feel like it would look good (laughs) We're such good this i'm gonna fucking get it (laughs) i feel like it would the other day, it was so funny. I, like, the only tights I own are um, the ones that, like, fully suck in your stomach that work mm-hmm. as kind of, like, um, Spanx. Spanx. And they're literally just the only tights I own. So, every single time I put them on, I just, like, can't breathe all day. But I just keep forgetting to get other pairs of tights. um, And... Yeah, I just had like kind of a Bridget Jones moment the other day where I was like, why the fuck am I wearing these every single day? I can't even breathe. I get like a stomach ache in them. It's funny
2: how you like question buying like quite affordable, simple purchases that will make your life, your day-to-day life so easy and then you'll like drop $80 on something completely nonsensical.
3: Yeah. Like I need so badly. I need just a pair of shoes to just wear every day. Just, to, just a pair of like Converse. Mm-hmm. To just put on and go to the shop and I just don't have them because I'm like, I don't want to spend $80 on sneakers that I'll wear like every single day. We need new sheets like desperately.
2: Um, And I'm like, oh, I can't afford it. And I've spent um, 40, no, sorry, 30 pounds today, which is like $60 on a suck my dick mug from the Nick Cave merch collection. I was like, I
3: How did you I, was get like, I
2: need that. Like, as soon as I saw it on Instagram, I was like, there's just like, I just need that. And there's all these things I actually need that I'm neglecting.
3: Wait, how much? Um, did you say a yeah, mug? It was, it was like
2: 20 pounds and then it was like eight for shipping. It's like not okay to spend that much money on something. And I'm also like not buying not essentials mug. that I need. One mug? A single mug. Fucking sicko. <laughs> anyway. I watched that stupid, but not stupid because I love it, Bridgerton show. I wrote on our notes, <laughs> I'm going to watch yeah. that fucking Bridgerton show that everyone is fucking talking about. I know. And then, and then, then you posted on it.
3: Instagram being like, I'm obsessed with this show and I sent, it to, sent the post to you and was like, are you really? Yeah, I know. The answer is yes. Okay, so Shonda
2: Rhimes <laughs> made this show on Netflix. Um,
3: Wait, you said that to me the other day and I don't really um, know oh, what Oh, she's Grey's Anatomy. She's right. like a Powerhouse. Yeah, the amazing black yes. woman, yeah,
2: right? Yeah, yeah. And then she made Scandal. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, yeah. she's like the Ryan Murphy of
3: mm-hmm.
2: I don't know, Schlock, but Ryan Murphy Schlock. She's like a lowbrow Ryan Murphy. Um. Yeah. And uh yeah, it's just great TV. It's just great, like classic you know, <laughs> it's like Grey's Anatomy. Bad to like it's say just about great it. TV. It's like hooks you in stupid storylines that don't make any sense everything that's like dumb that you're like okay blah 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 that should happen happens everyone's young and hot the soundtrack is really cute because they'll play like um bad guy by billy eilish on the fucking violins and orchestra while they're all dancing in their little costumes very gossip girl very gossip it's very gossip girl like the storyline is very gossip girl it's about like a woman in the 1800s she's like writing an anonymous pamphlet with like gossip and everyone's trying to figure out who it is and um it's 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 a period drama but it's it's diversely cast and it just watching it just made me feel so like kind of queasy and gross about the fact that we culturally acted like we couldn't just do that for the last 40 years
3: (laughs) I know and just think about how shit that's felt for everyone other than white people for their entire lives just what just like us being so frothed on friends and being so obsessed with gossip girl and being so obsessed with every other show with literally everyone like neighbors home and away everything imagine how shit that feels you're just you're just like cool okay my second recommendation
2: is i listened to the audiobook of a book which is getting a lot of hype at the moment they just did a big write-up on it in the new york times and in u.s vogue and it's called we keep the dead close by becky cooper And it's about basically this girl studied anthropology at Harvard and there was an urban myth that went around when she studied there, which was in 2009, that in the 60s, their current professor, who was in his 70s, had had an affair with an anthropology student and then murdered her and that, like, how she was murdered was, like... Oh, my God. ...in keeping with an ancient anthropological... um, ritual like there was weird sand everywhere and like a rock in a certain place and all this stuff so she basically started investigating it and it turned out that this murder had happened in the 60s and she goes wait their current professor the rumor was that he did it but the the murder actually there was a murder um they said that she was having an affair with him and that he murdered her because she was going to go public so this was like commonly discussed among the students so she spent 10 years of her life investigating this murder and it's just an amazing story because it's basically about how as she investigates it every single woman who is friends with this girl jane Britton, who was murdered has different suspects that are all men that they knew at the time so like three men appear recurringly and then it like eight years into her investigation dna evidence proves that it was someone completely different but like it was just a random intruder But the story then becomes about how bad things were for women in the 60s going into institutions like Harvard for the first time that everyone could believe that these men that were around them were capable of murder. Like that's how much they got away with and it comes out like how all of the women that worked in these departments were sexually harassed, how all of them were just expected to deal with like really bad treatment from men, how so many of the men at the time had like histories of violence against women and it kind of becomes this story about how like isn't it scary that there were so many different men that it could have been that she knew?
3: Yeah, it's it's um yeah, it's so saddening, isn't it? <laughs> that sounds really interesting. It's really really it's like a it's like an anti-true
2: crime book because she's like very conscious of like not turning the murder into a gross spectacle and like it's very feminist. Um and it's yeah, it's really good. And then the last recommendation I have is called the Lolita Podcast. And it's this really amazing comedian whose name escapes me who has created this podcast about Lolita. Have you ever read Lolita? Uh,
3: I I don't know. Yeah, what's it about?
2: Basically, it's about a pedophile (laughs) who is like describing um falling in love with a, a fourteen year old girl and then he marries her mother to get access to her and then the mother dies and then he kind of kidnaps her um adopts slash kidnaps her and like sexually abuses her. But it was written
3: in like the sixties, so it was really um controversial at the time. I definitely know a lot about it, sorry I'm just like looking it up one um thing to look at the to look at the cover. Okay.
2: Yeah, and basically like the lolita thing pop culturally like Lana Del Rey sings songs about being like a little lolita and there's like a lolita subculture in Japanese culture where girls dress like lolita and it's like turned into this whole thing when the book is basically about a a like 13 year old girl called Dolores and the pedophile like comes up with this made up alter ego called lolita who's like a temptress and who's flirting with him and who wants it and who's like adult and like the book is meant to be about how this awful disgusting man is like excusing his inexcusable behavior by projecting a fake adult personality onto a child and yet like our culture has like completely misunderstood what the book is about and now the lolita as a archetype which has been in like movies and musicals and is in songs all the time is about this like sexy seductive young girl who like sucks a lollipop and wears like um love heart glasses and all of this stuff and this podcast is basically about how like we got so off topic with how like that book to the point where we're like just oh my god pornifying this really gross thing it's really interesting
3: and that podcast is what like a ser- like a series yes yeah, like a seven part series and she goes through
2: like the book and then the first movie which stanley kubrick made and then like the musical and then like the songs because like lana del rey talks about lolita all the time um and it's just so creepy and fucked and weird
3: yeah that seems insane and like,
2: The director of the movie of Lolita was like, it's a great love story about like a forbidden love. And everyone
3: was like, no, no, what's wrong with people?
2: And that like affected how it was shot and stuff. It's just, it's really interesting.
3: Um, I would like to touch on a few dramas that have been happening on Du Moi over the past few days, Mm. which is our favorite Instagram account for Celebrity Gossip that I kind of dropped off. Um, because there were just so many Instagram stories every day, and it was too much to keep up with for my little pea brain. But of real interest is Zoe Kravitz leaving her husband Carl Glusman after their little cute fucking fairy tale wedding in Paris, and live in Lenny Kravitz's home. And she wore that little ballerina dress, and he bought her this vintage engagement ring off this really cute website on Instagram.
2: Yes, my thoughts exactly. <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah and the story what the was fuck? and she told rolling stone she was like he just proposed on the couch and we we're in sweatpants and i don't even care because i'm zoe kravitz and i was like yes they're gonna be together forever and now i'm like what the fuck yeah i'm really shocked I'm, I'm really shocked they broke up
3: we both just took like a massive gulp of our <laughs> <We> both <laughs> knocked ourselves unconscious because we're so upset about this in honor in honor of carl glasman i know um, jato
2: carl glasman yeah. he like He always had the vibe and energy of someone that, like, couldn't quite believe he was in the situation. If you look at photos of them together, he always looks like a little bit like a stunned mullet who's like, whoa. (laughs) And now he's probably being like, oh, yeah. He got,
3: like, the hottest, coolest girl in the world when she was like, I don't care about dating famous people and I don't care about that scene and I'm too cool for that scene. And then... Apparently, Dumois is saying that the reason they broke up is because she left him for an A-list actor. Someone submitted exactly who it is, and the person on Dumois blocked the name. And it says, they like left a hint that it's an A-list movie actor who has... I'm reading this out like it's a quiz night. Yeah, <laughs> An it is. A-list movie actor who has a talent you don't see in many male actors.
2: Do you know how much time I have spent thinking about this riddle?
3: <laughs> I know.
2: <laughs> I cannot figure it out. I don't even I don't even have one idea of who it is. Well like I thought dance you dancing.
3: A talent you don't see in many male actors. Heaps of male yeah, actors dancing.
2: sing. Heaps of male actors can sing.
3: Okay, but then it must be like it must be if it's if they're if it's a dancing and they're saying it like that, it needs to be someone who literally dances all the time He's and I can't think of anyone. <laughs> who? Who's a famous
2: – I'm going to Google it. What's another skill? Another skill is comedy. So they said it wasn't – so my first thought was like, okay, she's filming Batman, she's fallen in love with someone on the set of Batman, but, like, no one in Batman, like Robert Pattinson's basically engaged to Suki Waterhouse and everyone else in that movie is, like, quite old.
3: Yeah, and no, and then Duma said it's not, it's not Batman
2: yeah so then i was like okay so who i was looking through her imdb trying to figure out who she'd been working with they said it was not someone she's been working with recently An a-list like Dumas rules for a-list are like hard an
3: a-list movie actor who has a talent you don't see in many male actors okay i feel like he's not i feel like he's not white okay actors actors who why because <laughs> i can't think of any i can't <laughs> think like leonardo capro no talent Brad pitt no talent like, I'm like, no, if as, yeah, it would never world. be anyone like that, any, you know what I mean? I can't think of any like really
2: cool. <laughs> okay, I just, I just Googled actors who dance. Number one's Tom Hiddleston. No.
3: Mm-mm.
2: No. Second is Christopher Walken, who is
3: 77. Um, Hugh Jackman. I want her to be going out with Michael B. Jordan, who's probably married with kids. Yeah. Okay. Like, okay. No. Donald Glover's not A-list movie actor. <laughs> but that was like acting and singing. Is he? He's A-list. I don't think I don't no, think she would he's be too old for Donald Glover. Got a big tummy, doesn't he? Uh, yeah,
2: and he's got like a, and he's got like a secret family. <laughs> secret? <laughs> he has a secret right. wife and like multiple children. I discovered this after This Is America video. Um, okay, actors who sing male actors who seen. they keep coming up with Hugh Jackman and it just makes me laugh thinking about her leaving okay him for Hugh Jackman 30
3: celebrities with amazing hidden talents <laughs> <laughs> we're actually this whole episode is going to be four hours
2: long and it's going to be us getting to the bottom of this okay Ryan Gosling this is funny because the first thing that comes up is Robert Pattinson yeah i know i know well he was like one one of
3: the first people i thought of but obviously it's not him mark ruffalo is a unicyclist. like we need to keep in
2: mind that karl glissman is like incredibly 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 attractive so it's like gotta be
3: yeah but i'm like who the fuck is a list and cool enough for her to want to go out with like the
2: only who is who is this is what we need to keep in mind she put up in something she put up something in june saying happy one year love you so much blah 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 so this has happened between June and December. She filed for divorce on December
3: 23rd. Yeah, and it's
2: quarantine. What's in- going on? And it's quite that's what I mean, and it's quarantine. So I'm like, how is it not someone she's met on the set of Batman because where else has she been? Maybe it's a friend of Robert Pattinson's. She's been in England. Oh my god, imagine if it's Tom Hiddleston. Are they filming it- I'll ram my head against a wall. That would be they the wrong decision. Yeah, yeah, she would never. He was it? I heart Taylor Swift top. She would never. I don't even think he's an A-lister. He's only an A-lister because of that. He's a B-lister. Who the fuck is it? Okay. English male...
3: A-list actors. actors. <laughs> Hugh Grant. Ah, oh, it'd be so nice if it was Hugh Grant. Okay. We're going to have to table this. If you guys have any thoughts,
2: keeping in mind all of the keeping in mind all of the things we just mentioned. There's <laughs> enough mitigating factors for us to figure this out.
3: What does she mean by who has a talent you don't see in many male actors? She's not saying in many actors, That's what makes she's saying think in many to, male actors. It has to be singing or dancing. So it must be like, yeah, it has to be dancing. Dancing. John Travolta. <laughs> <laughs> the recently widowed John Travolta. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: okay.
3: Um next also posted yesterday, which Grace quickly sent to me with a few exclamation marks, that fact that Florence Pugh regrammed someone wishing her happy birthday, who wrote in their tribute to her, Happy Birthday if P be. I love
2: the internet. Like I love the internet because I'm like, oh my god, this is so dumb to read into this, and then I'm like, why would anyone ever write that if she wasn't married to Zach Braff? <laughs>
3: Yeah, if PB.
2: They may as well have shared their wedding album with people, as far as I'm concerned. Don't marry Zach
3: Braff in quarantine. <laughs> or ever. I thought they'd broken up for some reason. You wish. That was a dream you had. Speaking of breakups, there's also a rumour that Ben Affleck and Anna Armas have broken up. Again, like,
2: really compelling evidence.
3: Yeah, she got a fringe.
2: That's, yeah, again, like... May as well have made an official statement. (coughs) Like, does one get a fringe ever if they're not going through some sort of emotional turmoil? And wasn't he with... Haven't they been, like, separated for a few weeks? They haven't been... She's in Cuba and he's in America. Yeah.
3: And there was, like, someone that submitted to Dumois saying that they were supposed to stay at the same hotel in, like, the penthouse suite recently. I think in December. And then, like, two days beforehand, they requested separate rooms but then someone else submitted saying they're still together but no longer in the honeymoon phase. Oh, uh, that was probably Anna herself. <laughs> oh, also
2: do you know that she is um lined up to play Marilyn Monroe in a Netflix movie, which I just find so chaotic.
3: Marilyn Monroe.
2: Yeah, Marilyn what that's when. It, yeah, I was waiting for that to sink in. <laughs> it's weird. No offense to Anna D'Armas, but it's like Michelle Williams struggled with Marilyn Monroe, like yeah. I'm not fully confident in her acting prowess for making that work.
3: But Michelle Williams was good in that as well. She was good, but
2: she, she was like, okay, you know what I mean? I'm mm-hmm. like, what is Anna D'Armes going like, to knock it out of the park and win an Oscar? <laughs>
3: okay, I want to talk to you quickly about the... Um... Hold on, I'm going to turn the light on. I've also run out of drink, but I don't know if I want another one or not. What's your vibe? Yeah, I've got like
2: half of what I put so much in my drink that I'm going to top it up. I'm going to top it up when I'm done, so go for it. Oh, fuck. What? Sorry, the UPS guy's here to finally pick up those shoes.
1: Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices
0: Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. We
3: briefly touched on this with Charlie at the start of Charlie, maybe, did we? But like, do have you made, do you, have you made New Year's resolutions and stuff? Not really. We've
2: already kind of talked about this, but I feel like I was very undisciplined last year because I went from like a very rigorous lifestyle to being freelance and then the pandemic happened and then the whole year went into disarray and so I just kind of fell out of like putting pressure on myself to do things and I feel like now I need to create my own discipline because no one else is doing it for me. So I'm trying to make rules around like, you have to get up before this time each day and you have to like do X amount of work by this time and you have to do X amount of writing per week and like I'm trying to put a bit of structure in my life. I don't know if that's a resolution. Kind of is.
3: Yeah, kind of. Yeah, I'm similar except I kind of already do that. Like if I'm not, if I have if I'm, but also quite a lot lazier. Like now I get out of bed at eight every day, which I think a lot of people probably do now that um no one's going to the office but i get out of bed at eight but then i have to be working by like nine so it's the same but then i was try- i've been trying to do these um workouts in the morning and i found this girl on youtube who looks like an ai bot like she looks so fake and her name's um where i wrote it down <laughs> she have instagram her name's face. pamela, <laughs> her pamela name is? um and her body and her face looks so fake it's insane and even when she's working out she just like doesn't even break a sweat but her you her youtube videos are really good but i've been trying to do those in the morning now um but i feel like i want to write some resolutions or maybe start journaling or something yeah i I started doing like duolingo french again
2: but i just overdid it like on new year's on the second i like did a pilates workout and then like wrote for 2 hours and then like did Duolingo French and then like read for 2 hours and I'm like I'm going to do this every day but I know from everything I've read that that's the opposite of what you should do because you just won't do any of those things then because you're setting yourself you got to just pick one thing like one little thing that you just do you know like you're
3: not going to be a new person I really want to learn French When chava un orange this is me trying to learn... You basically know French. Yeah. yeah. That was me trying to learn um, a sentence to say in French when um, a hot French man asked me out when we were in... And I, because I was doing Duolingo,
2: we were in Paris, like, all I was up to was, like, um, nouns and, like, eating verbs. So all I knew was how to say, like, the owl is eating a banana no, it was and, the, like, horse, the horse is eating yeah, an apple. The horse is eating that's, an orange. That's the horse is eating an orange, yeah. Yeah. And then your guy told you that wasn't even correct, so... Yeah, jean. I don't know. Jean, I don't know if Duolingo is fake because I definitely remembered that line correctly because I had to say it like 30 times. Un cheval mange un orange. Oui, oui. Say people say they
3: don't learn from this podcast.
2: Exactly. You can also say, what did I learn the other day? I can't
3: remember. (laughs) I love Duolingo. Mm, I might get back into it too.
2: Ah, oh, I listened to a really good podcast, actually. Sorry, let me put this out. Listen listened to a really good podcast, actually, today about... Um, it was on The Guardian. I actually really like The Guardian's... It's like The Guardian's version of The Daily. Today in Focus. Um, today in Focus. Mm-hmm. And they interviewed a guy who's just published, like, a supposedly groundbreaking book about weight loss. And they obviously did it on purpose on the 1st of january um and it's basically about how which i i know we kind of know culturally but it's basically about how like you are genetically predisposed to obesity and then if you partner that with like the right slash wrong environmental factors in your youth your body genetically basically cannot go to a different weight to what it's at i know that's
3: in that bloody yeah
2: article i'm obsessed with yes but it's it's he's basically like the only people on the biggest loser which is crazy that have kept their weight off eat less than 500 calories a day they're like technically starving themselves and diet culture he was like it's so bad because actually what we found in people that are inclined to being overweight or obese is that when they lose weight on diets, because it's quite, he was like, it's quite easy to lose weight on diets, Um, is that they gain weight every single diet that they go on. So it's actually like Mm. really, really bad for you if you're someone that's overweight to like try a diet because statistically you'll gain your, like your genetic predisposition to a certain weight will grow based on how many times you put your body into like starvation mode. Yeah, and he was like i just think it's really important that we uh learn this because it will change the conversation around weight being like indicative of someone's willpower or discipline or like whatever he was like that's completely untrue
3: mm. yeah yeah um there's in that i've recommended it before but in that um everything you know about obesity is wrong article on huffington post i think it is if you google it you'll find it it's incredible but basically it's saying the exact same stuff as what you just said but there's a statistic in there that was like something like if you are a clinically obese person the chances of you losing that weight and keeping it off a 0.03 percent like if you're already classified as clinically obese so it's like yeah, it's it's just beyond um what we're what we're taught and like I think I think what I found most um saddening about that article was the way that it was like any other kind of minority groups or, or groups of people kind of have each other to rely on but when you're obese you look at other obese people and think you're so fat phobic Mm. in your own brain that you look at other obese people and think that they're disgusting and they're lazy and they're blah blah but you know you're not um because that's how you're trained so even like obese people don't want to hang out with other obese people because they don't want to be associated with that it's like it's like the most lonely of all kind of conditions it's really horrible and it just reminded me of like
2: even how we were talking about sexual shame and like vaginal shame and all of these things how like there are these things to do with bodies that are scientifically they're just pre you're just predisposed like you could just be predisposed to have like a large labia or you could just be predisposed to be like a higher weight percentile than other people that you know and yet we've created these like conversations which are all based on like capitalism and trying to sell treatments or sell diet plans or sell whatever that is teaching people to become self-conscious of something that they shouldn't be self-conscious about based on the pure fact that their behavior cannot change it it's like if you cannot change something about yourself it shouldn't be a cultural conversation that preys on your insecurities to tell you that you should change yourself when you can't Mm. it should just be like things that are immovable like the shape of your body should just not be even discussed. They shouldn't be discussed in the same way that height isn't discussed. Yeah. Because it's just like you are just the height that you are. Yeah. And like, yeah. no one yeah, worries about it that? or gets talks about it
3: or whatever because it's just an immovable fact of life. It's kind of like weight should be like that too. Mm-hmm. I just downloaded it, so it's called Why Do Some People Find It Harder Than Others To Lose Weight? After treating thousands of obese people, bari- bariatric surgeon Andrew Jenkinson was left wondering why, when most people eat too many calories, only some become overweight. After years of research, he believes he has the answer. Because that's the thing, like, I literally will try to eat, say if I'm, say if I'm, like, wanting to be a bit more strict or kind of, I don't know, lose, literally lose weight, I will go for a few days or a few weeks or whatever where I kind of, like I'll think about what I'm eating more um, to the point where I'll kind of think, okay, that's got probably around like 500 calories in it. This has probably got around this many trying to just ensure that I'm exercising and not eating heaps. Cause I'm like quite useless with knowing much about like that. Anyway, every single time I do it, I'm like over what I should be every day. And that's when I'm trying really hard to, not so it's like it's like if i'm eating over the amount of calories i should eat every single day and not gaining weight every single day then that's just to do with your body that's just to do with your genetic makeup a hundred percent and he he explains it as um
2: it's to do with metabolism and how you metabolize food but he was like some people naturally metabolize with resting rate like 700 calories per day more than other people and it's just genetic luck 700 calories is like half your daily intake. He was like, that's literally like two really intensive workouts or one really, really like indulgent meal Hmm. that people, some people are just naturally burning without doing anything by sitting on the couch, by walking around, just by standing in the shower, are burning that whilst other people just aren't. And like that's, they could be eating the exact same diet every single day and doing the same amount of exercise. And Someone's burning 700 calories more than someone else. It's yeah, not... I believe it for sure. Yeah, but that's and it just I thought it was just so incredible that so many people don't know that, and so there's this narrative about like weight equating not trying hard enough, health, yeah, and health mm. and investment in your own health.
3: Mm.
2: Terrible.
3: Um, I would like to pivot back to. Hilaria Baldwin. Oh, my God. The gift that truly keeps on giving. After we last recorded um, last week, a lot has happened. So Alec Baldwin, like minutes after we finished recording last week, had uploaded this really chaotic Instagram TV video where he never mentioned Hilaria's name, didn't really mention what he was talking about, and he just sat in a room for like 10 minutes kind of whispering that people need to consider the source. He's so crazy. I didn't realize how
2: crazy he was. He comes across like his Donald Trump impression. Yeah. Like it's the same voice. He's like, don't believe the media.
3: Like, <laughs> like don't. And I'm the like, source. why are you
2: so deranged? Yeah, I think we consider need to put in, in certain.
4: You got to consider the source. And you have to consider the source. 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 When you love somebody, you want to defend them. Instead of the source.
3: Um, and then the Daily Mail published a hilarious article um, inside their New York wedding where they said, see. <laughs> they said,
2: see, instead of yes, when they did their vows. Oh, my God. Did they? Yes. That's what it was. When they said, see, they, instead of being like, I do, they were like, oh, yeah. I was yeah.
3: like, what does that mean? <laughs> see, instead of yes, when they said their vows. <laughs> Oh, my God. Keeping in mind this woman is,
2: like, not Spanish in, like, by any metric, measurable.
3: Waved Flamingo flamenco fans and exchanged Cartier rings inscribed in Spanish. Did she trick him as well? Did she lie to him? I think she tricked him as well because she... Okay, so I was
2: reading a bit more about this. So much of this is fucking hilarious. So to recap, if you haven't heard last week's episode, we, were like, we gave her quite a bit of benefit of the doubt. Hilaria is... Born, like, Hillary Matthews Thompson or something. I don't know what her real maiden name is. And she has basically said, like, in interviews multiple times that on her official agent's website, so she was born in Spain. She said in interviews, like, I moved to New York when I was 19, so I didn't know about pop culture. But she didn't say that she moved from Boston, but <laughs> she was born and raised. Hours away. To New York when she was 19. And she her family had a holiday house in Mallorca and she went there like an undisclosed amount of times as a teenager. And then when she said my family all lives in Spain, her parents who were both like white Irish American dating back to the 1870s retired to Mallorca like three years ago. So that's what she means about my family flying over from Spain. She told Vanity Fair that she had to teach her family how to pronounce her new surname Baldwin because they didn't know how to say it oh my god yes and she, she said when she met alec baldwin she didn't know who he was like the, cl- the classic like megan markle kind of tactic she said she didn't know who he was because um she didn't grow up with american pop culture it's insinuating because she'd come from spain but she had it like she's very tricky with her words she is such a little sneak. Alec Baldwin, the reason we know that Alec Baldwin was either duped by her or as part of the charade is that he went on David Letterman and he was like, um, yeah, so my wife is she was like, Oh, Alec, what is happening? sorry, that was Russian. And he was like, My wife is Spanish, so this is how she talks. And he did like a full impression about like her talking to him as an English second language person and not under- like misunderstanding things he was saying, because she was Spanish.
4: My wife, Ilaria, really is this, this preposterously unique person. She's able to juggle she's the most, But she's the most healthy person emotionally. But what happens? I'm sitting here, and like, I'm in my room, and something happens. Yeah. And my wife will come in and be like, you know, Alec, what good does this do for you to be so upset? You know, she's, just, she's, so, she's so fucking reasonable. Right. It's exhausting. No botamos las sugetes. Okay? I'm just saying to you right now. And my wife woke up, go, i like, don't do that to him. Right. You scare him. <laughs> You're so intense. And you say, I, "And my, and like, I can't do anything. My wife. You is aren't. My wife's on the phone with her hairdresser or a friend. She's like, really? Okay. I can't wait to see you. That's going to be great. Fantastic. What time? 12 o'clock. My wife is from Spain. Mm-hmm. And she said, blah, blah, blah. And blah, blah, blah. I don't mean to be racist when I put that accent on there, by the way. And blah, blah, blah.
3: Yeah, so then she did, instead of, like, the cut is so funny, so instead of just, I don't know, disappearing from the spotlight for two seconds, she did an interview with the New York Times, <laughs> where she said she couldn't correct the media, like, the media had misrepresented what she said, she never told, she says she never told anyone she was from Spain, um, and she said she couldn't correct the media because she never reads her interviews or her profiles after she's done them, so she, like, has appeared on the cover of, like, Ola ola yeah and she's like latin american hello yeah yeah and reckons she's never like read that interview back or bought a copy um also she said in a podcast in april yeah that she moved here when she was 19 to go to nyu and like then the podcast host asked where she'd moved from and she said from my family lives in spain (gasps) that's what
2: i mean she's like so tricky and she's named her children have you seen her children's names it's hilarious they're like carmen carmen Herrera, like Gabriela, eduardo like leonard like all have like fully spanish names all five of them and her instagram bio is raising five baldwinitos oh my god oh like baldwin ditos like like banditos but she's so naughty she's so naughty (laughs) she's the naughtiest girl of 2020
3: apart from who's naughtier Ivanka Jessica from love is blind and that woman from tiger king who murdered her husband and fed him to the tigers and like all those Karens the central park Karen Mm -hmm. it's very
2: like Karen-y behavior to pretend that you're Spanish yeah. On the, on the topic of, like, kind of grifters, but I, I don't think that's what this is. But, you know, Caliphate, that podcast that we prattled on about? Mm-hmm. It was a New York Times podcast with Rukmini Kalamachi, who's a um, reporter for them and, like, a babe. She's, like, a sexy ASMR voice and she's, like, married to a personal trainer and we're just obsessed with her. And um, it's come out that, like, heaps of the stuff that's in that podcast, Caliphate, which was huge – is not true and the new york times has had to like redact it and do a huge internal investigation on her journalism credentials oh my god what, Isn't like, that crazy
3: what was she making up so the guy who the
2: whole so caliphate's a podcast about isis and about how like young men in northern america get radicalized to join isis and what they do when they go And it's this really like harrowing audio about this guy who's like, I crossed the Syrian border and like they how they teach you to become a killer is that you practice on a chicken and then a goat and then a dummy of a man and then eventually you kill a man and like this is what it feels like to kill a man in cold blood and like this is what it's like to take sex slaves and it's awful. Um, And it turns out that guy is like a full liar who's never left Canada um, never did anything he said in the podcast <laughs> and he's been arrested oh for my god, fraud, for lying about all this stuff because he wasted all of this like Canadian federal agents time investigating him as like an ISIS person when he just wasn't um and the cut article I read said that Rukmini Kalamachi has now being accused by multiple sources of like sensationalizing news stories for like narrative ends when they're not they're later proven to be there's kernels of truth but they're later proven to be like highly exaggerated or exasperated that's naughty, crazy. That's naughty as well that's like more <laughs> naughty to pretend that you talk to an isis fighter when you haven't but like but do you think she thought or no no i don't think she did i like this is why I feel that's b- crazy journalists are just people <laughs> and they're easily tricked like i would be tricked
3: but that's what i'm saying do you think like yeah. do you think she knew no
2: no, I don't think she knew. I think the thing that is yeah. coming out is that she's, like, very quick to believe something that she wants to believe because it's a great story.
3: Oh, yeah. I would be and so same, maybe yeah.
2: she's, like, not doing the checks and balances. Maybe that's not true, but I'm like, that's relatable.
3: Yeah, yeah. I'd be like, amazing, perfect. I've got this, like, ISIS guy on the line. Wants to
2: <laughs> talk to me. And that's what the, – the thing that's funny, which I feel bad for her, is that That podcast was so groundbreaking because no one had ever spoken to an ISIS person in, like, that intimate detail. It felt, like, too good to be true because it was so interesting. I talked about it on our podcast. I was like, oh, my God, and she talks to this guy and blah, blah, blah. Like, we, yeah, we went on and on about it, and it's fucking not true. (laughs) Glad
3: I never listened to it. Some stuff
2: is true. Like, she went to the front lines in Syria. She, like, spoke to, like, um... Freed sex slaves from the like, yeah, Yazidi population. Like, she's obviously a very ballsy, incredible journalist. She's just getting
3: in a bit of trouble for being a bit naughty. A bit naughty, aren't we all? Aren't we all? Okay, so two days ago, Harry Styles, actually on Jan 1st, Harry Styles released his new music video for what's it called? be kind or something kindness yeah treat people with kindness. treat people with kindness um and it is bit on the nose <laughs> what this just like the
2: song and the yeah the song he's like treat <laughs> people but i'm like we get we heard megan marcus podcast sorry
3: <laughs> okay we get it
2: <laughs>
3: um <laughs> we've got two <laughs> two two pieces of audio this week telling us to be kind um but It's with Phoebe Willowbridge, black and white music video set in a, like, what is it? Club, in a... Speakeasy. or Yeah. Um, what did you
2: think about it? I mean, two minds, because I thought on one hand it was, like, very delightful and, like, a very sweet little music video and nice way to start the new year. And they're wearing, like, Gucci and it's all very stylized. Um... But I also, like, wonder if I've been, like, gaslit into thinking it's more amazing than it is. I'm like, the dancing leaves a lot to be desired, like.
4: <laughs> but you I'm like, dancing, I know that they're not you?
2: professional dancers, but I'm like, I'm just reticent to, like, lit- heap all this praise on this thing, which is, like, I think kind of mediocre. But because they're, like, two white people we're obsessed with, we want to say is the best music video ever made.
3: Yeah, I think, I think it's literally just Phoebe waller and Harry Styles did something together and they know each other, and then that's kind of, like, the cute thing. But it could have been so much cooler.
2: Yeah, yeah, right? I feel like it was shot in, like, an afternoon. I feel like they, they were like, okay, we've got Phoebe and Harry, and they've got this 24-hour period where they can fit it in together, and we just got to make it work. Like, it, it, like the dance routine didn't feel, like, practiced. You know, like, I, I was just like, everything could
3: have been bigger, and it just felt like it yeah. just had to
2: squeeze in something. And they did a good job,
3: but... Yeah, it also felt like just watching it, it just felt so white. But then also like a lot of the dance, like a lot of the singers in the background and dancers were black. But I was like, I don't know why. It just it just feels like Harry Styles and Phoebe Wallerbridge just feel like such two like white English people.
2: Yeah, and I think it's also like Archy arke- like hearkening back to a time where like black artists were making that music and creating that like dancing style and then white people were like appropriating it and doing it poorly. Yeah. And that's like kind of how it felt watching it. I was like, this isn't good. Like, it's not technically. Like, they just like kick left and right and then like. W.
3: And I was like, yeah. okay. And it was filmed at the start of last year. I feel like maybe they wouldn't have done it now. It was filmed at the start of last year. At the start of last oh, year, a year kidding. ago. I can't yeah. believe they sit on things that long these days. I know. He just would have had, he'll just have like a release schedule for his singles. Yeah, it seems like a bit risky,
2: eh? You're really banking on people still being obsessed with Phoebe Waller-Bridge in a year's time, which, like, to a certain extent they are, but it, it it feels like something that would have felt a lot
3: more timely a year ago. And, like, he probably wasn't banking on a global race reckoning that made it look like, made us all look at things with different eyes. Yeah,
2: yeah, exactly. Um. So, yeah, I'm just kind of like, eh.
3: I know, because if you did it with Michaela Cole, we'd be so much more obsessed right now because I May Destroy You was so new and recent and she's the it girl of the moment.
2: Yeah, I just feel like she would have she would have just done a better
3: job. I love I love Phoebe Willowbridge, but she's just, it, that's not her skill set. But I think the whole point of it is that she's meant to be, she's like a funny character, maybe. So it yeah. f- like felt funny to have her in that music video, whereas if it was someone serious, it wouldn't feel as jolly. I don't know. Like, I feel like Michaela Cole's in Chewing Gum. She's not... It's Chewing Gum's a comedy, but I think people think of her as more serious, so maybe it wouldn't have worked as much. I don't know. I reckon Michaela Cole wouldn't have done it. No, yeah. She'd be like, no. <laughs> <laughs> Harry whom? Let's talk about Alexander Wang. Yeah. So, Alexander Wang, everyone probably knows who he is. He's a New York-based designer who... Um, is very much always on the arm of like Hayley Baldwin and Bella Hadid and Juju Hadid and kind of that cool girl scene. He's kind of known for like throwing all of the underground New York Fashion Week parties. You can find him in a basement. Um, you can find him in a basement. <laughs> you can find him in a basement if you just go into one. <laughs> in a basement there. party. <laughs> like, you know, he's just that, he's like that vibe of the fashion world. He certainly is. I, I have to
2: say, like, I've only ever owned one thing by Alexander Wang, and it was a pair of, like, really high boots, and they were the worst I, – I know I just sound like I'm jumping on the bandwagon now, but, like, they were, like, the worst designed <laughs> shoes I've ever owned. <laughs> but like, I love I nearly... how you're,
3: like, that's jumping on the bandwagon. <laughs> When the allegations are like the allegations of sexual assault, and you're like, and you know what? I, I Grace O'Neill also has a Me Too story about Alexander Wang. <laughs> me too. His like absolutely
2: poorly designed sole arches on his boots. That <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, I never complained about them before, but now I'm going on the record. But they, they were they were yep. all. I literally thought my whole leg was going to give way when I wore them. I've never worn something that made me feel so uncomfortable, and then I sold them.
3: Okay, I have an opposite story. I bought um, some Alexander Wang for Uniqlo sportswear. Oh. And it was very good. The bike shorts, the tanks. Anyway, he's been accused of... Um... <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> why, are we, why did we leave this one till we were two martinis deep? <laughs> we're so naughty um um he's been accused of sexual assault by several people on like tiktok instagram twitter etc etc uh the first person to go publicly on the record was this model called owen mooney he did an instagram video where he was explaining an incident at a new york city club in 2017 where he claims he was groped by a famous designer so he was like, I was by myself at one point, and this guy next to me obviously took advantage of the fact that no one could fucking move in this club and started touching me up fully, up my leg, up my crutch, blah, blah, blah. He said he turned around and it was a really famous fashion designer. I can not believe he was doing that to me. It made me go into even more shock. It was really fucked up. Then he didn't initially name Wang, but then he followed up his post with the TikTok confirming Wang's identity because multiple people guessed that he was referring to Wang with their own stories. So they like knew that it was, would be him. And then after that, shit model management and diet Prada both shared those accounts and then had like a influx of messages from various different people with similar accounts. Also in like, when was it 2000, maybe 2019, Azealia Banks posted a whole list of allegations against Alexander Wang. And then she ended up deleting the tweets, but they're still – you can still find them. Your problematic fave, again, rearing her head. Yeah, I know. I'm like, why well, are we always talking about her? But it wasn't her that – she was just posting allegations from other people because she'd heard so much about him. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, I don't know if we're just, like, out of the loop, but I hadn't heard
2: – obviously, Alexander Wang has, like, a massive reputation as, like, a party boy, but, like, the allegations basically are about him – Um. Giving people spiked drinks, taking advantage of people when they're blacked out, encouraging people to drink when they don't want to drink or to get out of control during these like crazy parties. Florence Welsh and Derek Blasberg footage has emerged of them joking in 2018 about how Alexander Wang's party trick is to give you a drink and lie what's in it. And then it's straight vodka. So you get really drunk and they're just jokey joking about it. He's posted things on his own Instagram account referencing, like, this is my idea of a good night out. And it's like people waking up with bruises. They don't know where they came from. This is like a huge part of his persona. And I think that like in the same way that like Harvey Weinstein built a reputation as like a womanizer, he's kind of been protected by the fact that like his reputation Mm. covers this abusive like behavior in a large way. Uh, you know what i mean like the fact that he's like seen as like a party boy that loves getting people drunk and stuff has kind of created this weird blurred line between his like questionable behavior um he's come out of the gate and like very vehemently denied all of the allegations against him despite the fact that there are like many dozens online but i think that's what's I think that what's interesting about this story is that there's like this huge, huge gap between what is being reported on, circulated and believed on Instagram versus what news outlets are able to legally write about versus then what's happening legally in the courts. Like there are so many massive gaps of distance between those things. So it's like the Daily Mail interviewed five alleged victims of alexander wangs um business of fashion interviewed five alleged victims of alexander wangs owen mooney so far is the only person on the record with their first and last name and so you've got this like weird situation now where like dozens of anonymous people are saying that this thing happened no one's taking it to the police it's not being corroborated in the Harvey Weinstein way where like those journalists worked tirelessly for two years to get like, to build the trust of sources who agreed to go on the record. It's like really a case that's being held in the court of public opinion without like any legal checks and balances. And I think that's like such a dangerous, difficult conversation to have because you see these people bravely coming forward about
3: someone so powerful. The amount of accusations and the amount and how long they've been going on, like the fact that Lee Banks was sharing stuff two years ago. And the fact that Mooney didn't name Wang and then people guessed it was him because they had their own stories and blah de blah. Uh, there's obviously where there's smoke, there's fire, but it's like kind of worrying that someone's that someone in general's entire career and name and like brand that they built can be completely torn down in like a matter of minutes from social media. And like, he probably like, yeah, he won't get charged for any of this. Like none of this will ever result in anything tangible probably, which means like, what do you do with that? Like what do you do with him? Because he's never been found guilty of something. Exactly. And it's like the thing that we talked to Brie Lee about where it's like, you fully understand
2: why survivors of violence don't want to come forward because the legal process is so like long financial. like in australia it's financially stressful in america it's even more so when it's a public figure like the damage to your career if these people are aspiring models or actors you can see why they would say i don't want my name to come forward because i don't want this to like affect my career you can see all of the reasons why a victim wouldn't come forward. And like, I think really said in our interview, like it's a second victimization or a a second trauma to go through the legal process because it's so difficult to prove. It's so difficult to like deal with police officers and lawyers and like courtrooms and seeing your perpetrator again. And like all of that stuff, it's just so much easier to say, I'm not going to bother with this you 100% understand why people want to stay anonymous and why people don't want to come forward. But then that creates this, like, very awkward no-man's land where it's, like, we can't ruin entire – like, we can't cancel, quote-unquote, people, boycott their brand and stop them from ever working again based on anonymous screenshots that are shared on Diet Prada. Yeah. (laughs) You know? But it's also, like, this is why the failure of the legal system is so damaging because it creates these, like – pockets of the internet where people feel safe to share but then if that can't be followed up with like the legal side what do you do (laughs) like it's really difficult
3: i know And and it's obviously such a an incredible tool social media because people are feeling safe enough like there was um a case recently in new zealand where a bunch of guys were a girl posted publicly with her name and her story about her um alleged altercation or whatever with a guy um and she only had like a thousand followers on her account or something or or a couple of thousand followers on her account and people saw that had had similar experiences instantly I, I sent it to you at the time instantly like she was getting hundreds and hundreds of messages like thousands of follows there were cases that have been reported on publicly and news websites about, like, sexual assaults and stuff that had never been solved that seem very much like it's the people she was talking about. So she was, like, sending everyone to the police. The police opened their own task force for it. And, like, it looks like there's going to be justice done, literally because one girl posted publicly on social media. And it's the same as this one guy. Like, this one guy speaking out on social media has created all of this. So it's obviously, like, really powerful and... um so great but then if people don't report like you can't really you can't really cancel someone's career if you have no proof yeah it's and then it's like the burdens of proof on
2: sexual crimes are so difficult to
3: provide because most people yeah or not even proof just like no like court case or anything yeah but
2: that's and then it's like the court cases don't happen because people can't prove things like it's like this horrible fucked up cycle i remember like i i i got really drunk this night do you remember i met you afterwards where allegations have come out from like quite a prominent music international music industry person um a girl in Melbourne came out and said that he had assaulted her and that she didn't want him going back to the same venue a few years later. Mm, That's right. Yeah. And I reached out to her and asked her if I could interview her. Um, And I interviewed her and like, this is again, like rare. Like I interviewed her, I interviewed multiple of her friends that were at this place. The time that the alleged incident happened I fact checked things against like text messages and against like things she told her boyfriend at the time, like the, what's the word or like the authenticity of her story matched to a T. Um, and I just wasn't allowed to run it. Like I was on the phone to lawyers. I think like by the time I met you for dinner, I was like an hour late because I'd been on the phone to lawyers for ages and they were just like we just can't run this story. And I was like, I don't understand how you can't run a story where like a young woman in Melbourne is saying an international musician raped her and you have like texts she sent the next day, like things that she said to her partner at the time, like multiple friends of hers who remember like the exact timings and happenings of things that are all backed up with messages. Like, how can we not run this? And he was like, you can run this if it's Harvey Weinstein and you can get, like, 70 women on the record saying that they all went through the same thing. And it's like... Yeah. When you can say, like, like these people in regards to, like, Alexander Wang or anyone can be like, I was assaulted and they know it was true, but when it comes to like, tangible things you can prove in court, it's really hard.
3: Well, that's the thing with Weinstein. Like, however many women there were and it came down to, like, two women. She said was all about, like, how fucking impossible it was.
2: And that's, like, one of the most notorious rapists in, like, the last 50 years. And it was, like, the story almost didn't get published. Crazy. I don't know what the answer is because it's, like, you don't want to drop the burden of proof to just being, like, someone says it. But the evidence that you rely on to prove something in court is, like, gone by the time most survivors feel empowered to talk.
3: It's also funny celebrities, like, distancing themselves from um these people once these allegations comes out and it reminds me of that like Hillsong Church guy we never talked about him like the <laughs> leader of Hillsong Church was like Justin Bieber and Hayley Baldwin's best friend and then it came out isn't he an Aussie as well I don't know Hillsong's Australian it was like there was always just some
2: fucking weird kid at your high school that was Hillsong
3: yeah um but yeah. this like gross guy who um was just obviously such a sleazebag like gross fame who will always hang out with Justin Bieber um came out that he was cheating on his wife and all this stuff and then Hailey Bieber just unfollows him really quickly on Instagram. I was like as if you guys didn't know. Anyway, um shall we wrap this up? It's pitch black now. Dark outside. Good chat. We covered a lot of ground.
2: Covered a lot of ground. I was going to say do you think people they like when we do lots of silly little topics
3: or do you think they like when we just do two big ones? do know we should ask them we did like a, let um, us know privately we no, did a yeah positive. not publicly we did a um instagram q a actually this time last year and did like what do you want to see more of what do you want to see less of so maybe we could do that again yeah cool so you have to follow us on instagram <laughs> yeah and our personals as well posted a hot thought pic the other day everyone go and like it please
2: yeah go and like it every if everyone went and like if everyone listening went and liked izzy's photo thought pic. my god what would the happen? Nothing. Would
3: might become an influencer. Yeah, that's yeah. It would be quite a lot of life. <laughs> okay. Just saying. Um. Please rate, review, and subscribe. Also, I would like to give a quick shout out to the two lots of drunken New Year's Eve messages we got. Oh my god! One we got a really, really cute selfie of two girls, and then a message okay. that reads, "Let me find it because I just sent it to Grace." Um. I'm 20, my best friend Claire is 22. She showed me you two hun. You're my role models. I fucking love you girls. So does Claire and we are jada. And the other one was like, <laughs> I am drunk, I love you. We love you guys. Love the drunk messages. Oh, and I have a very good thing I'm about to post on Instagram.
2: I'm going to go and watch Bridgerton. going to watch <laughs> I'm naughty because now I've been drunk and two martinis, I want to get a pizza. Mm. I'm not supposed to be eating
3: Bread.
4: This is what I want to post.
3: Very good. Is that the wrong language, though? No. Which she saying she's from? Nah. Spain.
2: Yeah, it's Mexico, right? Yeah. Spain. Spanish. Bye, bye everyone. La <laughs> what did you just
3: say? I said bye, everyone. I
2: feel like we haven't officially signed off. Oh.
3: I thought he said. (laughs) I thought you were saying bye to me. I was like, what's going on? Okay, I'm going to stop (laughs) recording.